Hey there, my friends. Welcome to the Links to Messiah podcast, where we are passionate about teaching our children all about the connections between the Old and New Testament. I'm your host, Rachel Links Kushner, also known as the Chief Enthusiasm Officer of Links to Messiah. I'm so thrilled to have you join us today. Come along and learn how your family and children can grow in their faith as you discover the beautiful links that God reveals throughout Scripture about the history of His people and His Son, Jesus, our Messiah. Hello to my new friends from the Jewish Road, Ron and Matt Davis. Hello and welcome. Shalom, shalom. Good to see you. Shalom. So happy that you're both here. Like I just said before we started rolling, I was like, all right, I'm getting two for the price of one. (laughs) We'll see what you say at the end of this whole thing and see if you still feel that way. Absolutely. So I discovered you guys on on Instagram. It's amazing. Sometimes social media can be terrible and -hmm. sometimes it can be really beautiful and amazing. And being connected with you has been really wonderful. I have been looking at your website. It's so great. Your blogs are rich and deep and very beefy, very meaty, like good stuff. But enough. I, can you just each of you introduce yourselves a little bit? Maybe say your name so that our audience can get familiar with your voices so we know who Matt is and who Ron is. So, Matt, would you like to begin? I will begin. My name is Matt, and I am son of Ron. Uh, you'll hear uh, most of the time if you hear a cough, it's going to be him. That's why we have <laughs> lots of cough buttons around here. They're, yeah. they're strategically stationed all over. Working? Yeah, it is. It's working there. We'll just keep it going. I love it. But yeah, we are Californians who got out. and uh, Wait wait a minute. Don't sell me short. <laughs> and uh, we, we made it not to the, the promised land of milk and honey, but we say we are in the <laughs> land of horses and bourbon, uh, which is close enough, and it's quite beautiful. So we are in central Kentucky, right down the freeway from you, which is great. And you really are. We are so geographically close. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's great. So we we decided after years and years, decades even of ministry, mm-hmm. both with the Jewish community and the church, we decided let's do something with all of this knowledge knocking around in our brains. And mm-hmm. we started a nonprofit a couple of years ago called the Jewish Road. So that's me. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. Ron, you're yeah. up. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm Ron. I'm, I'm the senior part of uh, the group here. And he's right to an extent that we came here to Kentucky from California, but before California, I went to California from Brooklyn. And my whole family was from Brooklyn. My grandparents immigrated from Eastern Europe through okay. Ellis Island legally. Yes. And yes. settled in Brooklyn. And okay. we say there we thrived, lowering real estate values. <laughs> and we didn't That's know good. from any such thing, and we couldn't care less anyway. Ron, we have that in common. My father and grandparents immigrated from Vienna, Austria in 1939. My dad was two years old. They came through Ellis Island and they came on, is it October 12th? It was Columbus Day. It's either October 12th or the 10th, 1939. They ended up in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, wow. (laughs) Mine came through, it was before World War I. My grandparents all came. Okay. Yes, know, that makes sense. Which would, They were from Poland and Lithuania and Russia. Poland, Lithuania, Russia. Okay. Wow. That's so neat. Okay. And you landed in Brooklyn. 
California, and now I'm in the, the homeland of Kentucky. In Kentucky and five below zero. Yeah. We're dying down here. Yeah. How, how in the world did I get here? I know. It's been so unusually cold. Yes. Okay. I know very little about you. So that's why I am excited for this conversation for us to get to know one another. And then, of course, uh, I want to dive in deeper as to what your thoughts are as about why is it important to teach our children the Old Testament, the Jewish feasts, all that stuff. That's what Link's Messiah is all about, really providing curriculum and activity boxes and different things for families with younger children so that they can learn and experience all of that real hands-on kinds of stuff. Okay, so I, Matt, I think if I read correctly, you're a Biola Tal- Talbot guy. Is that correct? I am. And he's a Talbot guy too. So he has- You both are. Yeah. I okay. couldn't let him get ahead of me. I had to go back. <laughs> Good he, for you, he Ron. I needed another master's degree. Yeah. Yeah. You can't have too many. Absolutely. So tell our listeners about the Jewish Road. What is it? All, all we know so far is it's a nonprofit, but what is your goal? What is your mission? We really looked at this going through really most of our lives, my life at least. I was a pastor in a church in Orange County for a couple decades. And there was always this weird piece of all of the people at the church. They would say, you're Jewish, but you're a pastor. So I would always get the questions of, so when did you convert or when did you switch? When did you become a Christian? So that was always fun to be able to explain that. And so we had to come up with language for how does that get described? And then yes. we'd have Jewish friends that would say, you're a pastor, you're in a church, so you're no longer Jewish. And so really right. the Jewish people pushed us out. The Christians said, we'll take you. And then we get a lot of lost identity in that. And so we looked at all of this and what's going on between the Jewish people and the church? What's going on between that. the Old Testament and the New Testament? And, and really, uh, as we were talking about, we said it's like a two-act play. And we said that every Jew in the world, it's like they bought tickets to this two-act play. And the Jews went to the first act, got up at intermission, mm-hmm. grabbed a drink in the lobby, went home, and never saw the rest of the play. And mean, meanwhile, all of the Christians in the world bought tickets to the same two-act play. They got yeah. there late, totally missed the first act, and went in, saw the second act, thought it was great. But the problem is the two groups crossed each other in the lobby, and they never mm-hmm. saw each other again. Right. And so what we're doing is bringing both sides of that whole story together so you get the full story from both mm-hmm. ends. We want Christians to understand the roots of their faith so yes. they, they can help Jews make better sense of Jesus. And for that, yeah. you need both the Act 1 and Act 2, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And really, a lot of well-meaning Christians, they want to love the Jewish people. They want to reach the Jewish people. And so well-meaningly, they will go up to a Jewish person and they'll say, let me tell you about Jesus. He's your Messiah too. And they're going to go right to Romans. They're going to take the Roman road and Mm -hmm. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 9, Romans 10, Romans 11. We hit all of that. And the Jews will say, that's not my book. Show me from this my makes book. makes sense. If you are asking a, a Christian, just tell them from their book. Go to the, the Old Testament. Go to Act 1 and share the gospel. Most are ill-equipped to do that. And mm-hmm. rather than taking them down the Roman road, we have developed the Jewish road. And we didn't develop it. It's been there all along. But we, we felt yes. like this is a good way to be able to equip the church, to be able to reach our people. Just like Paul said 
I'm going to go out to the Gentiles to magnify, to grow my ministry. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it's one unified story. And really, we think that the second act really starts with the book of Acts, not the Gospels. Mm -hmm. Really, the Gospels, the life of Yeshua, Jesus on the earth, is part of the Old Testament, essentially. Yeah, right. That's it. We're trying to bridge that. And there's hyperlinks. And I love what you're doing with links to Messiah to be able to bridge those. There is there's a lot of that New Testament knowledge that we are missing the backstory. And when we can open that up for people and say all there, it it blows our minds. It does blow their mind. I love the visual picture of it's like a play. Act one, act two. Let's meet in the lobby. I, I really love that. I think what you all are doing is really remarkable. I think it's very much needed. I feel sometimes in in the middle and unsure, right? Because I am a Jewish believer in Jesus. Mm-hmm. I go to like a, I'm saying, quote unquote, a mainstream church, just like your neighborhood church. And um, a lot of times people don't know what to make of me and my husband and they're very confused. I once had somebody ask me, and this is not to embarrass anybody or shame anybody, but I once had someone ask me, what does that mean you're Jewish? Just total confusion, didn't understand. And I was like, wow, there is a big hole here that needs to be filled correctly. Just before we talked to you, we were just doing recording a podcast with a Holocaust survivor. And one of the interesting things, so he's not a believer, but the, one of the questions that, that he was asking, was talking about was, who is a Jew? Most Jews don't know. And it's interesting because I, I think even if you were to ask the Jewish people who's a Jew, it's, it's like what we'd say is you get two Jews in a room, you get three opinions. If you get one of my dad in the room, you get actually two or three opinions just by himself. He talks to himself constantly. Sometimes you have to have an intelligent conversation. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, Ron. Not the first time we've heard that one before. <laughs> hey, I got a new audience. Yeah, new audience, <laughs> same jokes. It's fantastic, but I'm still here. Yeah. Hey, back to the cat skills. Yeah. So that's really that's been our heart is how do we bring this together in such mm-hmm. a way that we can define who we are as a people, not just today, but who were we meant to be as a people? If we mm-hmm. believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and we are his chosen people, what is our destiny? Where is this story pushing? Because in many ways, I think, unfortunately, the Jewish people have lost the plot. And unfortunately, Christians, and especially those who have written off the Jewish people and say that we are the new chosen people, that that everything that was promised to the Jewish people are now given Mm -hmm. to the church, Mm -hmm. they've also lost the plot. And so the story needs to be told and we need to tell it in a winsome way that is going to draw both sides in and to be able to have a good witness. Yeah, I think that's awesome and so important because I think it's very easy. And again, I don't want to sound judgmental when I say this, but it's very easy to cherry pick stories from the Old or New Testament but not really see the connection between the two and to understand that's not two books. It's one big story. Right. <laughs> like I, I love the children's Bible, the Jesus storybook, because mm-hmm. the byline is every story whispers his name. That's right. Every story. Yeah. So I recently just spoke in a church in Georgia and went through Genesis 22 and mm. talked about Isaac, Yitzhak. <laughs> being yes. a type of the Messiah, no foreshadowing yes. the shadows to come. And the pastor's wife came up to me and said, I've never really heard that before. And I thought, wow, wow. 
Oh, and we don't ever want to, we're not doing that in an accusational way or a demeaning right. way or, or condemnation. We always want this to right. be an invitation. Yes. There is something to learn and to, because we're still in process. We're still learning. The stuff that you typically would just drive by, we want to give them an opportunity to stop along the side of the road camp there and look at it. Yes, I love that. Yeah, it's an invitation, not a judgment. I, that's a great way. That's a great approach. It's a very loving and kind approach with the right heart. And I love that. Hey there, my friends. I'm interrupting this podcast for just a minute to tell you about the ultimate freebie packet for your family for the upcoming spring holidays of Purim and Passover. If you're looking for some fun and educational activities to keep your kids engaged, we've got you covered. You can head over to linkstomessiah.com and click on the resources tab to grab your ultimate Purim and Passover freebie packet. Dive into the world of Purim by creating and decorating your own crown, just like Queen Esther. Challenge your little ones with a thrilling Purim maze and crossword puzzle. Explore vocabulary related to Purim with the unique coloring page that we created just for you. But that's not all. Immerse your children in the Passover story with a Moses character coloring page complete with Let My People Go written at the bottom. You can get creative with a Seder plate to color and cut out. And my favorite, embark on a Red Sea craft adventure. And for a dash of challenge, don't miss our memory game and our 10 Plagues coloring sheets. It is an epic adventure of learning and fun for your kids. So visit the linkstomessiah.com website click on the resources tab, or you can click the link in the show notes. Now back to our conversation. Let me just ask you, let's dig into why you believe and think that it is important to teach our kids when they're little about the Old Testament and how the Old Testament can really be foundational for their lifelong relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Some of the best teaching tools we have in the scriptures in the Old Testament, and you just follow the Jewish holidays, and you can teach the kids a whole bunch of stuff. Absolutely. Like we would do Passover every year, and mm-hmm. my wife, Nana, the kid's grandma, would would make, uh, she'd go to these it's arts a production. and craft stores. It's a whole production. It, it's a whole production. We'd go to the U-Haul and get giant boxes, and those would uh-huh. become the dwelling places of the children of Israel in Egypt. And we give them red paint, not real paint, but paint that they could put on yes. the doorposts and the lintels. She mapped out a whole thing Love of it. the Red Sea. We had Pharaoh. We had, they acted out the whole thing. Yeah. And we would do that for the kids, with the kids at their Passover, telling the story of yes. it. And they catch on really fast. And we bring the Messiah into it because mm-hmm. he's an integral part of it. And so we're Absolutely. connecting Act 1 and Act 2. I could tell you a story of, of one of the little grandkids. It just went boom in his head. And tell me, I want to hear that story. Tell me the story. See, 
I'll, I'll see you guys later. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, thanks. Nice meeting you, Matt. Yeah. So we- Well, I guess I should say, okay, my dad was a pastor too. So I always get nervous, nervous, quote unquote, saying to a pastor, tell me a story because <laughs> I know how those go. Well, so let's hear the we'll Cliff's make, Notes version. Yeah, we'll make it, we'll make it fast. Uh, okay. You know, the, we, we talk about the Messiah and the Passover. And in the Passover, as you probably know, you have the matzah, the unleavened bread, and we take out that middle piece of matzah, we break it, we wrap it up in white linen, and we hide it away. Usually that piece of matzah is stolen by one of the kids, and we can't start the second half of the Seder until oh. we get it back, right? I decided I didn't want to do that, so I took the kids, and we made like a little tomb, a little cave out of cardboard box, and they decorated it and painted it and put branches on it. And I would take that wrapped up piece of matzah and put it in there and then oh, cover it. Wow. And while they're not watching, sometime during the meal, I would mm. go take the matzah out of the linen and just leave the linen in there. And then I would have the youngest, oh, wow. which at this point was Izzy. He was like five years old. And I said, Izzy, get the afikoman so we can continue the Seder. Mm -hmm. And he went. Mm -hmm. And he stuck his hand in there and he's feeling around and he pulls out the white linen and there's nothing in it. And he looks at it and he says, it's not here. And then oh. it hit him and he said, he's risen. And I said, wow. you got it. And he was five years old and he had the story. And so there's the connection between the act one and act two. They got it. And that's, and that was Ron, the, the past that that was so beautiful. I have goosebumps. I'm tearing up just thinking about a five-year-old child can understand the depth of what the Seder meal is all about. What a beautiful way to teach our kids to, to take the afikoman out, to take the matzah out. Very clever, really great idea. And to have a tomb to put it in, the symbolism of that is so deep. We didn't deep. want the body stolen. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that, that's one of the, the rumors that was going around about Yeshua's body was, it's not here. It must have been stolen by the Jews. And so that yes. narrative and even changing what that looks like in, in the typical Passover Seder, we wanted to be a little bit more true to form and tell the story. And that is the beauty, I think, of looking at the feast and telling these stories. Um, yes. and I, back in the day, I was a children's and family pastor. And so it was really beautiful to be able to bring this in. The church loved it, but we would do Hanukkah with them. So there are things we can spin the tops and we can make the latkes. It has to, we got to touch all of the senses when we're doing this, right? Yes, yes, yes. So how do we bring all of this in so that they can experience it, not just hear it? Because I think, unfortunately, right. a lot of Sunday school programs and even in, in Torah school, right? It's, it's very audible you have to be a, an uh, an audible listener you have to that's how we learn but we really learn with all of our body and so how do we bring that in so our kids get it oh, you are speaking my language you yeah. are speaking my language i'm an educator by trade mom of course but the boxes the links to messiah boxes and i'm not really here to promote them but it is doing exactly that. My goal for every box is that it is an experience for the whole family and that it does touch on every sense. There's activities to get your hands in. There's things to listen to. There's recipes to make and taste and smell and all the senses. It's like a full body experience. <laughs> every box whispers his name. Right? <laughs> that's great. As, you that's know, as great. An, as an educator, we would say that it, you hear, 
and you remember. No, you hear, you forget, you remember, you do, and you understand. That's new. I've heard that one before. That was good. <laughs> that's a new one. Way to go, Dad. <laughs> no, that's really true, though. I think experiencing it is life-changing, and then being able to teach it to someone else, to maybe a younger sibling or a friend or whoever it may be, once you can teach something to someone else, you know you really understand it, right? That's right. That's right. Before we go, this will be my last question, but I still want to talk to you guys when we're finished. But um, you've already given actually one really solid way of a very practical way with the the Seder meal and the tomb and the afikomen. I, I just love that so much. But do you have any other ideas, some practical ways that parents, grandparents, teachers can incorporate in their lessons or in their family home? some of those Old Testament lessons and stories, how can they bring it in naturally? I I think that obviously we talk a lot about Lador Vador from generation to generation, right? And when our kids have their bar mitzvah, we're passing down the Torah from one generation to the next generation. And one of a writer that I like is Henry Nouwen. He said, one of the greatest gifts that you can give to your kids is the gift of you being a growing person yourself. And we know Mm -hmm. that more is caught than taught. And so as they see things, I think that there's almost sometimes, and I have teenagers, so if I just, you have to start this stuff early. If I just went up to my 13-year-old and I pulled the covers off and I said, let's rise and shine and give God the glory, and we start singing that song, they're going to hit me and pull the covers (laughs) back over their head. But I can do it when they're two months old and we have this pattern of doing it. But the conversation changes over time. And, you know, I love what it says in Deuteronomy 6, right? When you lie down and when you rise up and when you walk by the gate, right? It really, it means all the time. We're, We're trying to pick up these moments. And I think that those moments for us and our kids have been even more valuable than hey, let's sit down and let's do a lesson. I think that these things, right. it's, you, you can sit down and you can do these moments, have these moments, but if you can keep pointing back to those and show them how these things are incorporated into everyday life, it's not just enough to know in our heads, but how do we actually mm-hmm. now take that and live it out? When we, you look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. Well, when you hit a rough time, when you hit a speed bump in your life, that's the time where you could say, you know, that verse that we memorized way back then, uh, yes. this is the time to live that out. We're, we're going to have to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, even though our understanding is telling us no. And so I, yes. I think it just has to be a, a lifestyle rather than a moment. It can't be a mm-hmm. Sunday morning or a Saturday morning thing. It has to be lived out. That's a beautiful answer. What, what would you add to that, Ron, if anything? Oh, gosh. I, I think it is important that it, that our faith is conveyed not just by words, but by a whole lifestyle and whole living out the things, because if you don't do it, then you don't believe it. Yeah. Mm. Well said. I know I'd add one other thing, Rachel, is I think kids understand the idea of a hyperlink. You know, a hyperlink is like when you're on a website and it's usually blue and underlined. We we know when we hit a hyperlink, it's going to take us somewhere else. If we realize that these stories in the New Testament in the second act are hyperlinked, if you can say, you know how this is a hyperlink, right? You can, if you push on this, and we talk about like John 7 a lot, when it says it was the feast of booths for the Jews, um, that is a hyperlink. And if you just pause and say, 
let's read this. Look where this hyperlinks. We hit that button and now we take them back to Leviticus 23, right? And then we can start walking through right. some of this. So they start to see these connections that it is one narrative. It's one story. A hyperlink. That's good. I'm going to steal that. I will be using that. That is such a great way for a younger person particularly to understand. I guess no most way. adults understand what a hyperlink is by now, but <laughs> no extra charge. No, no extra charge. Thank you, Ron. Matt and Ron Davis, I cannot thank you enough. This conversation, I feel like it's just the beginning of our relationship. I'm so delighted when I reached out on Instagram that you said yes. I was like doing a little dance in my living room and telling my husband. I was just so excited. So Neither I thank you so much. Better, so it's good. I'm sorry. Neither one of us knew any better, but I think it turned out out all right. It turned out okay. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah, that was great. Thank you for being a part of the Links to Messiah podcast family. Your support means the world to us and your feedback and engagement keep us going strong. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends and family. Let's continue growing this incredible community together. Until next week, keep reading the Bible to your children keep their curiosity burning, and keep coming back for more tips to anchor your child's faith to Jesus, our Messiah. This is your host, Rachel Links Kushner, signing off with a big smile and a heart full of gratitude.